0: And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Hi, welcome back to Mom in Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. Today, we're talking about coping with stress and some leads on how to do that. I often hear from moms that they just want their stress to go away. And honestly, don't we all? I mean, that would be amazing. And I really wish I could do that for them. I wish I could do that for myself better. But when we're struggling, you know, and there are times when we feel too tired, too overwhelmed, too busy to take some time how to learn and cope, it's often really hard to get to the skills sometimes that we already have and that we already know, learn new skills that may seem like they're going to be overwhelming or too hard to do. Today, we're talking about a resource that people can actually use to help themselves cope with the stresses of life. Dr. Diane Sanford has been working in perinatal mental health for 30 years and knows a thing or two about how to help mothers, more specifically using mindfulness and stress management skills to help mothers. She makes a good point in today's episode that we are often not taught how to deal with stress, and it's really key to have some skills to manage the overwhelm that we feel, especially in motherhood. And what's great about what she discusses today is that she's made these ideas and tools really manageable so you don't have to spend tons of time that you don't actually have to get the benefit that you need. Dr. Diane Sanford is a psychologist, author, and educator whose work in health psychology has received local and national attention. She's been in practice for 30 years, an internationally recognized expert in perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. She is the co-author of Life Will Never Be the Same, Midlife and Menopause, a Celebration of Women's Health, and Postpartum Survival Guide. For the past 10 years, she's studied mindfulness-based skills to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, and promote health and well-being. In 2012, she opened the Midwest Mind Body Health Center, where she provides counseling and classes in her mindfulness skill program, Stress Less, Live More. Her newest book, Stress Less, Live More Mindfulness in Five Simple Steps, is now available. Dr. Sanford obtained her master's and PhD degrees in clinical psychology from Syracuse University. And she is now an adjunct faculty member of St. Louis University School of Public Health, Department of Community Relations, and on the Medical Advisory Board of BabyCenter.com. Let's meet Dr. Diane. Welcome, Dr. Diane. Thank you so much for
1: being with us. Thank you, Dr. Kat. I'm really excited to be here today.
0: I'm really grateful to speak with you as especially because you have such a length and depth of experience in perinatal mental health and helping and supporting moms, to really understand from you and your perspective and all of the work that you've done and continue to do, I think is really valuable for the rest of us to hear about. So yeah, please do tell us about the work that you do.
1: So it's really surprising to look back and think about how long I've been doing this work, which I've Mm -hmm. been doing For 30 years, so before Mm. my first baby was born. Mm. And at that time I used to go give talks or present at radio shows or whatever. And many women would come up after and describe their personal stories to Mm. me because we really weren't at the point of awareness and education that we've become. This field has really taken hold as a legitimate specialty in women's health probably the last 10 years. But we really spent the first 15 just convincing other people that this was worth talking about. And what's curious about that is we've known for a long time that ages and stages of a woman's life in particular where she experiences hormonal fluctuations and situational changes like you do with pregnancy, postpartum, perimenopause, menopause, are heightened periods of vulnerability for her. Right. So it's incredibly important that we be identifying women who are experiencing this, women who are at risk for this, Mm-hmm. And yet there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. So we've come a long way in terms of awareness and education, not so far in terms of practice. And I'm kind of hoping that's the next evolution.
0: Oh, can you say a little bit more about what you'd like to see happen?
1: I absolutely can. So one of my dreams is that every OBGYN would be screening any pregnant woman who came into his or her office or clinic or whatever OB-related health provider they might be, nurse, nurse practitioner, and assessing them for risk. Mm -hmm. Because what we know is that we can pretty well predict who's going to experience difficulty. And that we can certainly predict by the third trimester one of the research studies that I think Dr. Ruth Novak's did showed that women who experienced depression and/or anxiety in their third trimester of pregnancy were 94% likely to have a postpartum episode. Wow. That's pretty strong. It's tremendously strong. So, I mean, if we could predict other health conditions with that kind of confidence, Mm -hmm. they'd be screening everyone. True. But because this is culturally, it's complicated, you know, because Mm -hmm. motherhood is supposed to be blissful and the best time of life and thinking about the fact that you could have anxiety or depression or a mm-hmm. family member could is not a lot of fun right. and not what most people want to do. The fact that we can predict it so accurately is incredibly helpful though. So I would like right. to see every woman screened at least during her third trimester mm-hmm. by her physical health provider. Mm-hmm. Right. The other thing that I would really like to see is I would like to see us setting up systems of support and care
2: for perinatal women. Mm -hmm.
1: And in my mind, whether they're having a clinical condition or not, they need to be supported. Because again, when you've just had a baby or the first six months or year or two years, especially when it's your first, but sometimes with subsequent pregnancies, depending on the circumstances, there's so much change. Right. And so much what I call emotional disequilibrium. hmm And women these days kind of still have these idyllic notions of what motherhood is going to be and what it's right. about. Right. And they've gotten very used to, again, these are, the subsets of women I tend to work with, they've gotten very used to controlling their lives and planning their lives and doing what they want to when they want to. And that's not motherhood. Right. That's not motherhood. So whether it's through peer support or nurse or health provider follow-up, we need to create a safety net Mm -hmm. So that moms don't feel alone and isolated and unsupported and that help is nearby, not far away.
0: Absolutely. Oh, that would be amazing. It seems like, and I really hope that people are working hard to make that dream of yours become a reality.
1: I hope so. And (laughs) all I know is for you and I, you know, it's certainly important and that the more of us that get involved with moms, with mm-hmm. whether they're new moms or moms in kind of the middle of their family's lives or later in life, mm-hmm. the, the more of this that can be possible.
2: Right,
0: right. And you've taken some really concrete steps to get this support to moms and perinatal mothers, specifically with your two books. The first one came out in 2010, Life Will Never Be the Same, The Real Mom's Postpartum Survival Guide, which sounds amazing. And Then also your newest book that has just come out, Stress Less, Live Better, Five Simple Steps to Ease Anxiety, Worry, and Self-Criticism. And just the titles of your two books are, you know, cover quite a bit of what a mom might be experiencing, just trying to survive. And then then the anxiety, worry, and self-criticism. So you've really put this down on paper and given women and family members accessible ways to get through this. This podcast is supported by Posh Peanut. Raising a family can be tough, as we know, and it can also be amazing and beautiful. Posh Peanut gets it, which is why they make beautiful, soft clothing that is tough enough to withstand all of the rough and tumble of childhood, and they have sizing for parents as well. You could even get matching clothing for the whole family. Made from viscose from bamboo, the clothes stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton. These clothes are made to last, loved by parents, and approved by kids. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, beautiful, and stylish clothing for kids and families designed in-house, from beautiful florals to your favorite brands, such as Hot Wheels, Disney, Hello Kitty, and Barbie. It's also breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate on sensitive skin. So I got my Posh Peanut loungewear, and I've been putting it on, especially after my long client days because I need the instant comfort and relaxation. It's one of the ways that I do my self-care, because the soft, stretchy fabric of the Posh Peanut loungewear is really comforting to me. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code MIND. Go to poshpeanut.com slash MIND and use promo code MIND for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash
3: MIND promo code MIND. You are not alone, and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.
2: Well, that
1: was certainly the intention. And Life is a revision of an earlier book we did in 94 Mm -hmm. called Postpartum Survival Guide. And that book was one of the first two books That was ever published about perinatal mood and anxiety disorders which we used to call everything postpartum depression back in those days right right and when we published that book our focus was heavily on helping women self-identify if they were having problems Mm -hmm. and also informing therapists and other health providers and family members how to look for a problem if it was developing. When we wrote Life in 2010, we really focused on the first six chapters. What does every woman need to know? What's important for anyone, whether you're a first-time mom or a fifth-time mom or Mm -hmm. anywhere in between? So the first six chapters of Life are relevant to everyone. That's great. It's really great. And then, you know, we have a couple of chapters later in the book about how to tell if you're having a clinical condition or how to seek professional help. But the second half of our book is about women who may be at high risk for this. Mm -hmm. So women going through fertility, single moms, younger moms and older moms, adoptive moms and parents. So we really designed that book to be focused to a general audience rather than if you're having problems, here's what you need to do. Because Mm -hmm. we know that to varying degrees, everyone is going to have challenges and feel like they just can't, you know wake up one more day, sleep deprived, or do one more thing without adequately caring for themselves. When I wrote my last book, so two things really about that one. The first thing is that that book was compiled from about well, probably 25 years experience in mind-body or integrative health. Mm -hmm. And also the last, 10 to 15 years where i've really been studying mindfulness approaches strategies techniques with both different psychology teachers Mm -hmm. but also meditation teachers just all kinds of folks that are really talking about this and helping people learn the skills so because i'm a writer which is good and bad, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wasn't really comfortable with the way that they were teaching mindfulness, especially for moms, mm-hmm. because you know the programs I studied, particularly at first, you were expected to go to class once a week for two and a half hours, mm. meditate for 45 minutes a day, And then depending on which session you were at, do another few hours of homework during the week. Wow. And it really became clear to me, as you know, as a mom, that women weren't going to do this. Right. I mean, I was lucky if I could get them to take five minutes out of their day Mm -hmm. to just drink a glass of water or put their feet up or close their eyes or maybe jump in and out of the shower. Mm -hmm. So because when I went from being with a group or having a group back into solo practice in 2012, I got a space where I had a studio or classroom. Mm -hmm. And I started teaching this program, which is now, Stress Less, Live Better, to mostly moms and mostly pregnant and postpartum moms or moms going through fertility. So very much the younger moms and the group that my expertise was in because I thought that was the smartest place to start. Mm -hmm. And over the years between when I first kind of started imagining the book, the curriculum and then putting it down on paper, it became really clear to me that they needed short chapters and three to five minute exercises as well. I think the longest Mm -hmm. exercise I teach in Stress Less, Live Better is 15 minutes Mm -hmm. and that I wasn't going to give them Anything that was so excessive that from the start, they would feel like they were failing.
0: Right. Oh, that's so important.
1: Right? It's because right. you already feel if
0: you're really, really having a hard time, you already feel like you're failing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is my opinion for what it's worth, that most moms to varying degrees mm-hmm. feel like they're failing. Sure. At one point or another. Yeah. So anyway, it was really important to me to come up with something which would fit into their lives mm-hmm. and be practical. Right. And so I started teaching and writing, and one thing kind of led to the other. And in the midst of that, I had several life changes and health challenges. So, and this is actually in the intro to the book, but in 2012, after I opened my practice, and I believe partly because I was under so much stress and my system was really run down, I was on a trip and the night before my ex-husband and I were to return, I got Bell's Palsy.
2: Mm.
1: And I had a great recovery. But it was unlike most things I had ever experienced. And here I am, just opened my new practice, just Mm -hmm. been on this trip. And literally, my admin is running in every five or so minutes in between my sessions to put drops in my eyes. Because Mm -hmm. when you have Bell's palsy, your facial nerve is affected Mm -hmm. and you can't blink. Mm -hmm. So I would be sitting in sessions, and it was very uncomfortable. But the good news was that we caught it early. I had treatment. I got better, and probably after the first of the year, it was okay. 2013 was pretty uneventful, fortunately. By 2014, and this may sound funny for a psychologist to say, but I'm actually deaf in my right ear now. Mm. And that's because in 2014, I elected to have a benign tumor mm. that was in my inner auditory canal removed. Wow. And so going through head surgery, and I think I was in the OR for like five and a half hours, mm. Wow! next to becoming a mom. Yeah. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Probably wow. the hardest thing. In 2015, I was diagnosed and successfully treated for early stage breast cancer. Wow. And in 2000 and I guess it's 16 now, I got a divorce. <laughs> wow.
0: You've been through quite a bit.
1: I've been through a lot. And, you know, I was beginning to imagine this book, and then it was really a great opportunity to talk about not just what things, you know, I thought in my mind people might experience from, might benefit from, but also this whole idea of how do we cope with stress Mm -hmm. when it really becomes very high, right. as I believe it is with motherhood mm-hmm. and other life transitions or these health related conditions, which sure. to me, everything is health. Yep. But, you know, so I really wanted to put on paper what was practical, what I knew worked for me, was working for my clients, was working for my students, and make that available because I think our culture these days children and young adults are so insufficiently prepared mm-hmm. to cope with life mm-hmm. that if we don't start teaching people these sets of coping skills and for me it's these five mindfulness skill sets it might be something else for you it might be prayer or faith or mm-hmm. cognitive behavior therapy it doesn't matter what it is right what matters is that you practice and use the techniques so they work for you, help you feel better when you're already feeling good, Mm -hmm. and help you keep your head above water when you're going through some of these big life changes.
0: I mean, I think it's so essential to have something to hold on to, like a coping skill when things feel so out of control, especially in new motherhood. And when all these shifts are happening, That's it's not that... Any one skill is necessarily going to erase how bad you feel or the stress that you're having. But when you feel so out of sorts that there's something you can return to that feels familiar or feels safe or feels useful. And yes. it sounds like that's what you are really, really offering in this book.
1: That, in a nutshell, you put it even better than I could, is what we are offering, what I am offering. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of the stories of my clients and students. Mm-hmm because it's so important, exactly what you said, to have something to hold on to
2: mm-hmm.
1: when you're just in the midst of a tornado or navigating really rough waters. Yeah. Because in the moment, this is what we know from probably three decades now of mindfulness research, in the moment, that split second even, when we start to redirect our attention from what is stressful to either something neutral or pleasant, we begin to ease our stress, our immune system starts to calm down, we're not pumping all these stress hormones through our body, which again, just feed anxiety, worry, depression, many health conditions, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but we're actually allowing ourselves to pause Mm -hmm. and take a breath. And I can't tell people enough how much of a difference that makes. That's why you really have to practice Mm -hmm. and experience it to know that and this knowingness is part of what you're able to hold on to, Mm -hmm. even through the storms of your life, which we're going to have them. That's something we know. So why don't we help people learn, even if it just takes the edge off for three to five minutes, why don't we help them learn something they can do instead of becoming more focused on the bad thing which only, you know, undermines our health and well-being.
0: Right. That is absolutely essential for people to understand. And I think, you know, in terms of what you said, is that we just, in general, aren't teaching this to people. No. You know, people aren't getting this information that there are things that they can do to cope, uh, no, to feel no. better. No, no.
1: I think even though, and I pretty much say this in the book, even though everybody agrees that stress is wrecking our lives and ruining our health. And we have consensus on that. Right. No one is really talking enough yet about what we can do to help ourselves cope. And we have better strategies and techniques than ever before. We know what can help just like with, you know, interviewing or having pregnant women self-report third trimester. We know who's at risk. Mm-hmm. So why aren't we taking more meaningful steps right. to do what we can?
0: Right. And I'm also thinking of your strategies here as like prevention as well. I Absolutely. mean, if these are if these are things that you can learn before critical life periods, then you have something to fall back on and use as well as afterwards. I mean, you could use these at any time.
1: So the best time to learn these skills is when you're not going through a major life transition Mm -hmm. or you already have severe stress. You can begin to learn them, but you can't really become familiar with them in the same way. Mm -hmm. So it's a very preventive approach. And, you know, I've always believed for as long as I've been studying women's health and the mind-body connection, I've always believed that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah. And I think whether we're talking about specific stages in a woman's life Mm -hmm. or we're just talking about... Life and stress in general, right? That it's much better to learn these things on the front end or before disaster strikes, and we know it's going to strike, right. you know, yeah. maybe not to a staggering degree, maybe mm-hmm. it's just some, or maybe it's a lot like the five years in a row I had,
2: right?
1: But No one is exempt from that. Right. And so we want to teach people, which I think, this is my opinion again for what it's worth, which I think we used to do more in different cultures Mm -hmm. than we do in the U.S. currently. Sure. But again, a lot of what I call the wisdom traditions are the wisdom traditions underlying health and well-being really haven't been cultivated in our country,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: whether it's women's health or health in general. I think they're starting to gain a foothold. I think Mm -hmm. the fact that yoga has become mainstream. I Mm -hmm. started doing yoga 26 years ago before my second baby was born. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And the studio... I was in was just in a little room and sometimes we had five people Mm -hmm. and sometimes we had 15 Mm -hmm. and now it's all over the place. And I think meditation and mindfulness is becoming, you know, a little more mainstream. I think the fact that Oprah and Deepak Chopra offer a free online experience once Mm -hmm. a quarter which you can sign up for at com. It's reaching groups of people Mm -hmm. that haven't been touched by this. And when they are touched by this and experience a difference in their lives, it's really compelling.
2: Right. Right.
0: Absolutely. And what you're doing in this book is also giving some really specific strategies. um, Very
1: specific strategies. So I have five skill sets. I teach. Simply breathe, soothe your body, savor the moment or savor your sensory experience, settle your thoughts and self-compassion always. Mm. And in each of those, what you pay attention to and what your intention to varies. But I explain many concepts which I didn't understand for a long time myself. So, I'm not yeah. really expecting, you know, just a mom who's picking up the book or someone on the bus mm. or whatever community you're in to look at this and be able to take it in. But the way I've written it, there are probably in each chapter, again, four to six short exercises. There are questions for reflection.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: if you're the kind of person that likes to journal or write about things you can do that there are so many opportunities for people to engage wherever they want to start with whatever Mm -hmm. they want to start and it's very concrete because one of the things I like to tease my clients about is when they're kind of up in their mind and out of their bodies and trying to explain something to me and I don't Mm -hmm. really get it Mm. I'll ask them to give me an example because in some ways I'm a very concrete thinker Mm. and that helps me Mm -hmm. figure things out. So the book again is very practical and, you know, I won't give you a hundred percent guarantee because I never know exactly what's (laughs) going to happen anymore, but I can guarantee with 75% certainty that if people read and practice and we're starting to put more exercises for free online, which okay. you can get to via the resources page on my website, sanford.com And, you know, this is not rocket science. Right. And we can each learn some of it
2: mm-hmm.
1: in a way that is agreeable to us. So I tried to be very concrete, very practical ways to fit it into your life and how to make it work for you.
0: That's fantastic. And I know you have in the book some sanity saving tips for moms. Can you share with us a couple of
1: those? I would love to share those. And actually, these are not in the book. But I will be glad when I find out where I have put them on my computer (laughs) to supply you with them so you can pass them on. Let me tell you the top four
2: because I think
1: they're really important. So the first one is care for your children by caring for yourself. Mm. Eat, sleep, get regular physical activity, take breaks, and connect with yourself and others. And we talk about now, put your oxygen mask on first Mm -hmm. because you need to be well cared for enough in order to care for and be emotionally present for your children. Right. Another one is take three to four hours a week for mommy time. So many of us think we can run full we'll tilt 24-7 for as many months as we're on maternity leave or staying mm-hmm. home
4: mm-hmm. or
1: whatever. But the human mind and body doesn't function that way. Right. Periods of energy expenditure need to be followed by periods of rest and restoration. And in life, we talk about this idea of each of us is an emotional pitcher. Mm-hmm. And if we're constantly pouring out and not refilling, the pitcher will run dry. Mm-hmm. So, taking these few hours, a very important commitment to yourself.
0: I really like that you say three to four hours and give it kind of a number to hold on to because I feel like once we start talking about self-care, it just becomes this, well, what do I do? How long do I do it for? What's okay? And and then sometimes it's like, there's too much to think about, so it doesn't happen. But if you can put it in like bite-sized pieces, then it's a little bit easier to
2: access, I think.
1: Yeah. So that's the idea behind a lot of my work. Mm-hmm. That we are talking about, I don't know who you know has seen the movie or not, and I'm going to blank on the name. But Bill Murray did a movie. Oh, what about Bob? Yeah, a long time ago with Richard yeah. Dreyfus, mm-hmm. and Bob is the patient who's Bill Murray, and Richard mm-hmm. Dreyfus is a psychiatrist, and Richard Dreyfus has written this book, Baby Steps. Mm-hmm. Well, by baby stepping. Bill Murray really becomes better adjusted, enjoying life more, whatever. You know, it's a little bit of a fantasy. Yeah. But it's this whole idea because we don't know, again, in our culture, what's bite-sized anymore. (laughs) No, That's so true. We're kind of all or nothing. Yeah. Uh All or nothing. Mm -hmm. So this idea of, right. Here's concretely what you need to do, Mm -hmm. and here's how you can do it. And, oh, hey, I've got a really good idea. Why don't we even think about some of the things you can do before you leave your visit with me so you know what you're going to pick from when you get out of here? Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, And the other thing I would say for moms that's so important is notice your accomplishments. Oh, yeah. Notice what you are getting done yeah. and succeeding at, whether it feels like that or not, mm-hmm. because so many people, you know, keep rehearsing their to-do lists and where they're falling short Yeah, instead of all the extraordinary effort that caring for a baby takes, raising a human being. There's nothing more important in the world. And in life, we say, every time you change a diaper, feed your baby, bathe your baby, Mm -hmm. drop these little coins Mm -hmm. into a jar Mm -hmm. and see how quickly they start to add up. Oh, I love that. Do you like that? (laughs) I love
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, man. Yeah, I like it a lot
1: too. What a great visual. I like it a lot too. So, Yeah. So, you know, it's so simple and yet it's so contradictory of the way moms especially are these days. I used to think when we started doing this work that things were going to get easier for moms, Mm. but really they've gotten tougher and tougher.
2: Yeah.
1: And the expectations are so crushing Mm -hmm. that in the absence of self-care and moms prioritizing their health and well-being,
5: moms are really suffering.
0: It's absolutely true. Yeah, it's very sad. Very sad to see. I I do agree. I think, well, I mean, some things have gotten easier. Some things have gotten harder for sure. But um, I think this kind of the components of social media and how we compare ourselves even more so than maybe we ever have just is part of what feeds on that self-criticism that you speak to in the book as well is that Acknowledging our accomplishments—it's really very, very easy, and it can happen very quickly. To all of a sudden, you know, feel like you're failing and you're not doing enough, and everybody else is doing,
1: you know, everything well. Everybody and else has it, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cruising, and we're like stuck in the mud. Right. Which, yeah, it's, it's de-
0: <laughs> detrimental to moms. Oh, boy. I, I think so.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. I'm really excited about this resource and what you're offering through this book. And it sounds like for sure, this is a great thing for moms, but it sounds like it could be good for everybody.
1: Well, that's the intention again. So when I started, I was initially going to write a book about women and just women's health. But, you know, it really is about each of us or all of us. And I am actually starting to work on a specific stress-less, oh gosh, I can't even say it, it's such a tongue twister sometimes, Mm -hmm. stress-less, live-better program that I've also taught called the Calm Mom program, which hopefully I'll be releasing sometime next year. And that will be specific to pregnancy, postpartum, and early parenting, And then if I still have a book or two left in me, which, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm hopeful about, hope for the best, then I will do other age and stage specific books for women. That'd be great. Because that's who I am and that's what I do.
0: Yeah, I love that.
2: Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for putting this information out there and for giving people another resource, a really useful resource, not just something to read about, but something to
1: do that can actually help them. Something they can do. Uh, Well, and I so appreciate your taking the time and, you know, including this.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because, I, yeah. yes, it's very important.
0: I mean, it's I think very that's, important. I agree with you. It is important. I mean, we we can talk on some level about this stuff all day. And I think it's right. great and wonderful to talk about it and give people right. perspective and support and all of that stuff just in talking through things. But that's just part of it. Just you know, that's one leg of kind of feeling better and getting better is having the information and awareness. Another one of those legs is is having a set of tools to use that you can actually do something with.
1: So when new clients contact me now, I tell them that I will spend some time talking with them, but it is also very integral that they begin to develop their set of coping skills, whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. and that I will be addressing that and working with them on that. And if all they want to do is come in and talk, it's helpful but not sufficient, just like yeah. you said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like Nike, just do it. And <laughs> yeah. when you do, right? Mm-hmm. I actually find out, found out a few weeks ago, Nike means victory. Oh. So when you do it, then you can experience the benefits. And at the end of the day, that's what I think life and psychotherapy is really about.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for your wisdom and your just bringing the, the depth of your experience, even though we only had a short bit of time to talk with you. It's just so clear how passionate you are about helping moms and the work that you do and really getting these resources to moms and families. I just appreciate you so much.
1: Well, and I appreciate everything you're doing, too, and I wish you all the best.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on with us and I'll be sure to share links to all of the places where people can find you.
1: Absolutely. That would be great.
0: Thanks again to Dr. Diane. One of the keys that I take away from this chat today is that we really need to know the information about perinatal mental health. We need to know what's going on with us. We need to be able to understand the signs and the symptoms and some of the basic information. Uh, But we also need the tools. We need the tools to manage what's going on. And I think this resource is one of those types of tools. And a lot of how I used to feel, and a lot of what I think a lot of moms struggle with and see that they struggle with, is that they want things to be just fixed quickly or something big to be the answer, one big thing that would like fix all of what's going on. And. I think on some level, that's wishful thinking and hopeful thinking. And frankly, when you're feeling so terrible, you want that to be the truth that you could just, you know, maybe go to one therapy session and be done and be better or that there would be one thing that explains why you feel the way that you do. One of the frustrating things I see is that it's hard to take small steps and it's hard to go through the process of recovery and of healing And, you know, there really is a lot of power in the accumulation of small measures that are done repeatedly. And it's usually not one particular thing. It's usually multiple little things. And I think that the difficult thing about that is that you kind of have to find what your things are. So what are those things? What are the small steps that you can do and you can repeat and practice in your life that help you? It's really worth putting some time and thought into, and maybe this book is one of those resources. To connect with Dr. Diane, go to DianeSanford.com where you can find links to Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and look for her books that we discussed, Life Will Never Be the Same, The Real Mom's Postpartum Survival Guide, and the most recent book, Stress Less, Live Better, Five Simple Steps to Ease Anxiety, Worry, and Self-Criticism. I'd love to have deeper conversations with you guys and find out what you think about all of the things we discuss on the Mom and Mind podcast. Please find our closed Facebook group, Mom and Mind Connection, where all of the listeners are welcome to join, ask questions, follow up on past episodes, or, well, just connect with us. I hope to see you there, and until next time